0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Tonight, uh, what we're going to be talking about is the topic of healing. Healing. And, uh, and I got to say, usually my dad's the one preaching on this topic because my dad is very, very well versed on the topic of healing. I mean, if there was a PhD in Bible, uh, <laughs> Bible healing. My dad would have that PhD. And so I will say this, though, um, though, I don't get to preach on it quite as much. um, if, If there's one topic I... This, this is probably the topic I know the most about in all of Scripture, honestly, other than uh, salvation and, and possibly in time stuff. But, uh, but healing um, is something that's been really drilled into me since I was a, a child. And it's my desire that all the kids coming up through this ministry at High Desert Word Center will realize uh, the same thing that I was taught as a kid, that God is good. He's not bad. He's not out to get you. He's not out to seek revenge on you and 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 God is not the source of your trouble. He's the answer to your trouble. Amen. And so God is good and God is the healer. Can somebody say that tonight? God is the healer. And because of that, um Really, from a very early age, I was taught a lot about healing, and so um, by the age of three, a lot of you guys know my story, but not everybody does, and not everybody listening on the internet does, so... When I was three years old, I started to get pretty sick um, where we lived in Indiana, and finally, you know, they, mom and dad took me to the doctor. They ran blood tests, and they're like, "Whoa, this kid has leukemia!" And so, in fact, I lost my ability to walk. I couldn't. I couldn't walk anymore, and then I developed eye problems. I mean, it just got really bad, really, really quick. And so, um, they they got me into one of the top children's hospitals in the United States. Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana, and so, uh, I mean, I still remember it. I still wear the scars on my back. I've got, I had spinal taps as a three-and-a-half-year-old, and those are very painful at any age, but I know it must have been painful because they had, like, three or four adult nurses sitting down on me and pinning me down so they could jab it in my back. I mean, it hurt. And on my veins here, I've had blood drawn so many times and transfusions that I, I've got uh, marks right here on my arm still from all that. But here's the thing: um, I was diagnosed by the, some of the top people in the United States, and then about two and a half weeks later, um, you, you know, my parents—you got to know this—they don't just talk about healing. It's not just something that we talk about or think about or visit or think that's a cute idea. No. We know, and they believe, and they have drilled it into my mind and into my heart that just as much as Jesus died on the cross to save me from hell, he took beatings on his back for me to be healed. First Peter 2.24 says that by his wounds, by his stripes, we have been healed. And so uh, about two and a half weeks after diagnosis, one day, the doctors come in to go ahead and uh, take my blood for the morning and get all that going. I hadn't walked in quite a while. I was three and a half years old. And I here's my remembrance of it. I felt something pick me up off of the doctor table and sit me down on the floor. And then I just took off running like a madman through this hospital. And I was, I was running and dancing and I was singing this song that our church in Indianapolis uh, sang all the time. And I mean, I, and so there's doctors and nurses chasing me around. And so they grabbed me and they're like, what's going on? This kid has, he can't walk. What's, I mean, I had, I had had IVs attached to me for all this time. And so they grabbed me. They start taking blood instantly and immediately my blood was 100% cancer free. The leukemia was gone. It was there the night before at bedtime and by the next morning the leukemia was gone and they have checked my blood all the time for that's been 33 years and it has never come back and there's not one trace that I ever even had cancer. Amen? And so if you want to tell me that well I don't believe that God's a healer you're too late to tell me brother because I've got his word and I've got the testimony that God is a healer. And so there's a few things that I want to get across to you tonight in a very short amount of time. I am just challenging myself. I've got about a half an hour to try to get some stuff to you. But here's the thing. I know that we need to talk about this because the whole world is is still in terror over sickness, right? And I'm not, you know, there's good reason for that. I'm not putting that down. But the whole world is in, you know, what are we going to do? What's going to happen next? And honestly... The people of God that know their covenant rights, I've not lost one wink of sleep afraid if I'm going to get sick of something. And I'm not putting down, but I'm just not going to stand up here and lie to you and tell you that I'm scared because I'm not because I know the covenant that I have. And I'm just very, very upfront and honest about that. Um, and so I do know that, hey, lots of people are dealing with not just COVID things, but lots of different things. I mean, it's always been that way. But here's the thing. You need to get the revelation that Jesus is not only your savior, your protector, he's your healer also. And when you get that revelation in your heart, it approaches, excuse me, it changes how you approach and look at any situation. Any sickness that comes against me, I no longer see myself as the underdog and like, Oh, man, this is a big one. I always see myself as having the upper hand. I always have an advantage in every situation. Why? Because... I've got Jesus on my side. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Whether it's a sickness, whether it's a person, whether it's any enemy, real or unreal, seen or unseen. I've got the upper hand against anything because Jesus is on my side. And it's not just my side. He's on your side, too. If you are a child of God, can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. All right. So uh, I'll just be very flat out. Hey. Hey. We, we don't mess around with sickness around here, I- I will, if I have to, I will chase you down and anoint you with oil, brother. Now, it's a lot better if you call for the elders of the church on your own, but I've been driving around praying for people this week, and I mean, I just, I believe that this is real. Why? Because God's word says it is, which is a fine enough, that's good enough reason right there, but also because I have seen miracles, and I have seen the hand of God since I was a child And you're too late to tell me that God is not a healer. And people need this revelation right now. Amen. And so let's pray. And then we're going to get into the word on this. And we're going to try to cover as much as we can here. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that we have your word, that we have your promises to stand on. And, Lord, I declare and I decree right now in Jesus' name that your word will have free course tonight. Lord, that it will accomplish everything you send it forth to do. Speak to us, Lord. And for anybody that's dealing with sickness right now, Lord, anybody here or anybody watching on the Internet or listening on iTunes later on or whatever this is, God, I pray in Jesus' name that faith will come as they hear the word of God tonight, because faith comes from hearing the word. And we are going to believe that we're going to see healings and miracles in a great big way in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? And so I'm very grateful that I was raised in a church that that taught this stuff. And I'm just I'm going to be flat out. And, you know, there's great churches all over the world, and I truly believe that. But I would have a very hard time going to a church that did not believe that jesus is the healer and i wouldn't hang around that place very long and i've been to places that told me that jesus was the one that gave you sickness to teach you a lesson and i was like hey i've read the four gospels and all i saw was that the holy spirit was our teacher that sickness was a curse that's a curse and in fact john ten ten 10 says that the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus said i come to give life and to give life more abundantly jesus is not the cause of the sickness he's the cure for the sickness and until you get that revelation you're going to struggle to receive healing because if you don't know if god's your problem or if he's your helper you're confused you need to get this revelation all right and so three things tonight number one you have to know it's god's will for you to be healed and healthy you have to know in your heart, that it's God's will for you to be healed and healthy. And as I said, you cannot convince me that God does not want his children healed, healthy, and whole. In fact, Jesus put it this way uh, to a Gentile woman. He said, healing is the children's bread. Well, what does that mean? I mean, mean, it's their bread. It, It belongs to us. It's just, it's not something we even have to beg for. Healing is the children's bread. Now, now, I'm going to talk really fast tonight because I'm trying to cover some ground. So if I sound like Buster Rhymes from 1995, just like blah, 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 follow me as best as you can because I'm going to move fast tonight. All right? But um, everybody dies at some point. You realize that, right? It was appointed unto man once to die. If you were born, it's, there's some sure things. You're going to be born. Who in here was born? You experienced that? Okay, okay, good, alright. Most of you have experienced that. Some of you say you haven't, but that's cool. Alright. You're gonna pay taxes, right? Come on somebody. <laughs> that's a joke. And then you are gonna die someday, right? Unless we are here when Jesus comes back and raptures us out, which I, I think is a very strong likelihood at this point, especially the Middle East this week yet again. But anyway, I'm not going into that. So, one way or another, you were born And you were going to die someday. Now, of course, Jesus came and took the the keys of death. All right. And so born again, Christians don't actually have to be afraid of dying anymore because we realize that we aren't really alive until we die in this life. And then we get to live forever in heaven. And so really, uh, death does not scare us like it does the rest of the world. But we all die. Here's the thing, though. As a Christian, you don't have to die sick and diseased and miserable and in a bad, bad way. Well, yes, you do. you got to die of cancer. Says who? No, you don't. What about you just live until a ripe old age and you're like, you know what? My time here on earth is done. I'm ready to go home and be with Jesus. I'm, I'm 95. I'm 100 years old now. I'm ready to go. Think about this. Moses, it tells us in Deuteronomy 34, 7, that he was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was not dim, and he was as strong as he ever was at 120 years old. That's when Moses died, Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. And so think about that. If Moses could die at 120 and he wasn't sick and crippled and shriveled up, he was under the old covenant. You realize that, right? You're under the new covenant, according to Hebrews 8, 6. You've got a better covenant with better promises. Now, I'm not saying you're going to live to 120. I don't personally want to live till I'm 120. I want to get to heaven a lot sooner than that. I'm just being honest just being transparent. I'm cool to go to 90, maybe 100. But I don't want to stick around a lot longer than that because I've read what exists up there, and I want to get up there, and I'm just excited about it. But either way, it. As a child of God, as a covenant person under the new covenant, you don't have to die diseased and miserable and lonely and alone and scared and shriveled up. And I'm just saying it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, but my grandpa, okay, yeah, I know. I've known, I've known lots of people. I've been related to lots of people that, that died that way. And I'm, I'm not putting down, but all I'm saying is this. I'm not saying that that was God's will for their life. I believe that God had healing for them and God has healing available for everybody that wants to receive it. Well, how could you just assume what God's will is? I'm not assuming I've read the Bible and so have you. So quickly third John and verse two. Can we go there tonight? Third John and verse two. I absolutely believe that it is God's will to heal you if you get sick. And on top of that, I really believe it's God's will that you don't actually have to get sick. And I mean, hey, well, well, you know, you do have to get sick sometimes uh, because you're a human. Well, again, I said this Sunday night, but excuse me, I'm not only human. We're, all, we're only human. I'm not only human. Part of me is human, but I'm also a soul and a spirit on the inside of me. And My body is really the least part of who I really am. My spirit is the born-again part of me that's going to heaven. My spirit's going to live forever. This old thing's going to live for, you know, however many decades down here. But then it's gone, right? And so don't say, well, you're only human. Well, you're partly human, but you're not only human. Amen. A third of you is born-again child of God. Amen. Filled with his Holy Spirit. Third John 2, beloved, in the King James, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and what? Be in health, even as thy soul prospers. I just wish that God would wish that I would be in health. The Bible clearly says right there, He wishes above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so, yeah, you need to get healthy on the inside, and you're going to start walking in health on the outside. And so what's my point? My point is, number one, you have to know it's God's will for you to be healed and healthy. Let me show you another verse, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Said, I'm talking fast tonight. You better keep up. You better keep up. Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to look here at verses 1 through 3. But you have to get the revelation, and I mean this with all of my heart, to anybody hearing me right now, you've got to get it just not only in your mind that Jesus is the healer, you have to get it in your heart that Jesus is the healer. Matthew 8, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 3 in the NLT. and Matthew chapter 8 is a treasure trove of healing stories. The, the whole chapter, I mean, is packed full of powerful healing stories and verses. You ought to read Matthew 8. But here we go. Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. says, Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, If you are willing, if it's your will, if it be thy will, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and said, Nope. Not you. Not today. No, he didn't say that. What did Jesus say? Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. I love that story because if you'll read the four Gospels, you will see over and over again several instances where people come up to Jesus and say, Rabbi, master, teacher, Jesus, if it's your will, you'll heal me. And 100% of the time, Jesus said, I am willing. It's my will. And he healed every single one of them. And so I've got a question for you tonight. How many people came to Jesus in the four gospels for healing and he told them it's not my will? How many people came to Jesus and said, "Uh, I need healing? And he said, no, no, not, not my will. Not one time, check this out, not one time did somebody come to Jesus for healing or help for that matter. And he said, it's not my will to heal you or to help you. Every single time, 100% of the time. And here's the deal. If it was his will to heal them then... And I believe it's still His will. Why? Because Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if He wanted to heal people back then, but He doesn't right now, that means Jesus changed. And Jesus didn't change. He's the same that He always was, and the same that He's always gonna be. He's the healer. And so, you need to get this in your heart, number one, that it is undeniably god's will for you to be healed to be healthy and to be made whole you've got to get this in your heart now there's things that we've got to do on our end to receive healing make no mistake about it i get that does everybody that gets prayed for get healed no i know that i know that does everybody that 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 you know does everybody just instantly get no no and there's a lot of reasons. I don't have time to go into all that tonight, but there's a million reasons why somebody may not get healed. But I can tell you this one thing right here, that you do have to do some things on your end. Right? I mean, let's just, let's just get real. If you've got lung problems, you should probably quit smoking. Right? It's hard, it's hard for me to activate my faith. That's not judging, that's just saying. It's hard for me to activate my faith and pray for Uh, a, a miracle healing for your lungs and your breathing if you're actively doing something that everybody in the world knows is poisoning your lungs it's hard for me to just pray you know for overall health for myself when i know that i have a really poor diet and that i never exercise it would be wise of me to take care of myself also because my body is a temple of the holy ghost and so jesus is the healer he can overcome all these things But I should also do some things on my end, shouldn't I? And not just be lazy and say, yeah, I'll I'll do all this and do all that, and it's okay. I'll just pray for Jesus to heal me, and I'll just go ahead and live in in a wild, crazy life, and it don't matter. No, I should do some wise things on this end, too, and take care of the body that he gave me. But I know this much, it is God's will to heal. And so on another note, and I'll tackle this very quickly, someone could ask, Well, if it's God's will to heal, then why didn't so-and-so? Why didn't my friend or my relative get healed? Sometimes I can answer that question, and sometimes I cannot answer that. All I know is this, is that God's word is true, and I have made the choice that I refuse to elevate my own experiences over his word. If his word says, I want you healed, I want you healthy, then I'm going to choose to believe that that's his will. And if I had a contrary experience, I don't dare tell God Almighty, well, I know you said this, but really, here's what happened with me. So I think that I'm, I'm more right than you are in this. That's a dangerous spot to be in. I'm not going to elevate my experience over God's word. But, hey, I've lost loved ones to sickness before their time. I've lost loved ones and friends and family. Was it because they doubted? Well, I don't know, maybe some of them, but not all of them. Was it because they violated God's word in a different area? Could be, but maybe not all of them. I don't know. Um, was it because they didn't really know what the word of God actually says about healing? There's a lot of people that, yeah, I know they just didn't know the word of God. And uh, and in fact, the Old Testament says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge You've got to have knowledge of God's word and healing to be able to believe in it. But uh, but not everybody that I've known that's passed away before their time, it's, it's been one of those things. But in in the end, here's where I'm at with that. Um, I'm, I'm not going to judge that person, that loved one of mine that passed away or that friend of mine, and say that they, well, they didn't have faith or they didn't this or they didn't. It's between them and God. It's not my, necessarily my business. I may want answers, but there's some things that you're not going to get answers to on this earth, and you're going to have to realize that. And I, and I wish I had something better, but there are some things that we're not going to get answers to on this earth. We'll get answers in heaven someday, but here's a verse for you to know. You can write this down because it's not on the screen, but Deuteronomy 29:29 it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. We are not accountable for them. But we and our children are accountable forever for all that He's revealed to us. Deuteronomy 29:29. 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord. Hey, there's some secret things that belong to God that I'm not going to know about on this earth. Maybe I'll know about them in heaven, and some of those secrets may be why so and so, you know, didn't make it or, or whatever. But again, that's between them and God, and I may not ever know. But that's that's okay. That's okay. I still choose to believe that God's a good God. I still choose to believe that Jesus is the healer. I still choose to believe that his word is true. Is anybody with me tonight? And so, number one, if you're going to get faith for healing, you are going to have to believe that it's God's will for you to be healed and healthy. Number two, you have to have scriptures you're standing on. You have to have scriptures that you're standing on. You've got to have this. And I understand that not everybody's great at memorization. You know, some people are really good at memorizing things, and I understand that. And some people, they're not so good at memorizing things. But you at least need to have a couple of healing verses hidden in your heart. Even if you just have part of it. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Even if you just know a little bit of it. You've got to start somewhere and you have got to get some verses in your arsenal so you can fight the devil when sickness comes. Now I'll say this though, on and this is just an observation. A lot of people that tell me that they're no good at memorizing things can tell me sports statistics from forty years ago. <laughs> well I just thought I know, Pastor Dave, can you can you just tell me all those verses, and yeah, of course, I'll tell them to you, but but I'm just no good at memorizing. Uh, okay, maybe you're no good at memorizing. Hey, do you remember the 1971 NBA finals? Do you remember blah, blah, No? Yeah, here's what so-and-so scored, and oh, how about Super Bowl Four? I remember, what I'm like, how do you memorize all this stuff? What's going on here? But you can't memorize Bible verses? Man, I was playing Fortnite. Man, I was playing whatever, and I just, blah, 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 blah. and you can rattle off, You can rattle off a lot of stuff that you care to memorize. I'm just, most people, all right? Most people, if they really want to get it in their heart, they'll get it in their heart. Or here's an even better one. Some people, well, I can't memorize the Bible. I just, I can't memorize stuff. And then if I bring up uh, some sort of medicine, they can tell me every detail about different medicines. Well, yeah, there's the side effects of this one, and the generic is called this, and blah, blah 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 blah. And the success rate is this, and blah blah. I'm like, man, you're incredible. You're a little Einstein. Your memory is insane. How do you do that? But yet, I'm just saying, you need to be able to get some Bible verse. I'm not saying you memorize the whole Bible. None of us have done that. But come on, if your life depended on it, you need to have some of these things in your heart. You need. I'm going to challenge you to get two healing verses. And to make it real easy, I'm getting ready to give you three. Okay? <laughs> so, but I'm challenging you to get some healing verses memorized. And why is it so important that you have Bible verses in your heart that you can speak out of your mouth? Why is that so important? Because we're not turning there for the sake of time, but in Matthew chapter 4, Satan came to Jesus Christ three times and tried to test Jesus and tempt him and get Jesus to kill himself three times. Jesus was on a 40 day fast. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Jesus went 40 days in the desert with no food. That is insanity. And so he's out there and Satan comes up and says, hey, Jesus. Whoa. Hey, big guy. What's going on? Uh, if you're really the son of God, like you say, you're the son of God. Prove it. If you really are, turn these stones into bread right here. And Jesus could have said he could have done it and said, you know what? I, I am the son of God. I can do it. And then that would have been super bad because then he was coming in a submission to Satan, which would have been mind-blowingly terrible. Thank God he didn't do that. He could have done all sorts of things, but how did Jesus respond? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus answered the devil with scriptures. That was a scripture from the Old Testament. And then Satan comes again. Hey, if you really are the son of God, why don't you just jump off of this Mountain right here. jump off the temple right here. Come on, you could do it because doesn't the scripture say somewhere that he'll order his angels to surround you, protect you? And Jesus answers with scripture again and says, no, it is written that thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. And then a third time he says, look at all this. He takes him to a high mountain, see all these beautiful lights, this city, all these kingdoms. I will give all of this to you if you will bow down and worship me right now. And he's basically saying, no one else is around. No one will know it but me and you right now. Bow down to me, and I will give all of this to you. Well, how could Satan do that? Well, uh, we're told in 2 Corinthians 4.4 that Satan is the god of this world. Satan's in charge of this place right now, which is a sobering thought. Unless you're a Christian, then you don't have to be afraid. But if you're not a Christian, be afraid. Be very afraid right now. And so what does Jesus say for the third time in a row? He says, no it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. And so if Jesus fought the devil with scripture, how do you think you're supposed to fight the devil? You're supposed to punch him? You're supposed to shoot him with your Tommy gun? No, you're supposed to fight the devil with scripture. And you're not going to be able to do that if you don't know any scripture. And so that is why we are so fanatical about You've gotta know some scriptures. You gotta start somewhere. No one, you know, I get it. If you know, if you know one verse, use that verse with everything you've got. Use that verse and get some more. But this is High Desert Word Center. Word Center. We're all about the Word of God. You gotta know it. You gotta speak it. You gotta love it. And it will change your life. And this right here is all that you need. The Word of God. Amen. So here's some verses for you. I'm going to put them on the screen here. And and these verses, some of them are longer than this. I've I've paraphrased them or, or brought them down to the point of that you need to know about healing, okay? Like this first one's a really long verse, but the last line of the verse is what you need to know. Exodus fifteen, twenty-six. Write these down. Please write these down. Exodus fifteen, twenty six says, for I am the Lord who heals you. He didn't say, I'm the Lord who kills you. I'm the Lord who brings disaster when I'm angry at you. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. Well, who is our Lord? He's the Lord who heals us. Exodus fifteen twenty-six. Write that down. You can memorize that. I know you can. You can do this. Exodus 15:26. For I am the Lord who heals you. When sickness tries to come or when the devil whispers in your ear, God's not going to heal you. It's not, it's not coming. What, what, what in the world are you thinking? You're going to say, Exodus 15:26 says, for I am the Lord who heals you. Get thee behind me, Satan. Can somebody say amen? I'm trying to teach you how to fight some battles right now. How about this one? The very first Bible verse I ever learned, First Peter two twenty-four. First Peter two twenty-four. When I was three years old, I knew this verse. And I know that when I had cancer, I could quote this verse. And first Peter two twenty four. Again, I'm just I'm gonna narrow it down to the very last part of this right here. Now in the King James, which is what most of us haven't memorized in, it says By his stripes you were healed. Now I realize that. Somebody that's especially a new Christian or something, that's a little bit confusing. Stripes? Jesus had stripes? What does that mean? And, and I'm not making fun of that. I mean, a lot of people, that's a little confusing. But what it's talking about is the NLT nails it. By his wounds, you were healed. You see, when Jesus died on the cross and hung there, died, and when he rose again, listen, a new covenant was formed, and the road to salvation was made available to you. But the Scripture teaches us in Isaiah 53, in First Peter and in several other places, that when Jesus received those wounds on his back, the 39 stripes from the Roman soldiers, he was beaten so we could be healed. He was beaten for our transgressions. He was he was bruised for our iniquities. That says the chastisement the payment for our peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes you were healed, Isaiah fifty three predicted. And so the wounds that Jesus got beat upon his back, that was the price for your healing. Healing's been paid for. You gotta know that. It's already been paid for. You're not somebody like, man, Jesus, if you could just go out there and you did something about salvation, could you go, could you go do something about healing now? He's gonna say, the price has already been paid. You have got to receive it just like you received salvation. And so, is it the will of God for everybody to be healed? I believe that it is. Well, how come everybody doesn't get healed? Well, listen. Is it the will of God for everybody to be saved? Yes. Why isn't everybody saved? I don't know. Some people don't receive it. I, I don't know. Some, I, what, you know, whatever. But you're not going to change my mind that just because we all know people that didn't get healed that, well, it's not God's will. It is clearly his will if you look through the entire Bible and realize that Jesus did not change. You may have changed. I may have changed, but Jesus didn't change. And here's point number three. You have to keep your focus on him. You have to keep your focus on Him. And why do I say that? Because if the first thing you do when you get symptoms coming to your body is go to WebMD, I'm talking to you! <laughs> if you go to Google and, okay, headache, sinus infection, uh, runny nose, uh, uh, bad attitude, I mean to everybody, uh, uh, what, what is this? It says I'm a jerk. What in the world? No, listen. I'm just, no. If you, if you just, if the first thing you do is go to Google instead of to God, if you run to the phone instead of to the throne, we may be talking to you right now. Listen to me. Listen. God better be your first resort, and I will go on the record to say this: I fully believe in going to the doctor and taking medicine. I'm not against those things. My nephew just graduated medical school from Louisville, you, you know, uh, university. He's going to be a, a ER surgeon and all that. I believe in it. I support it. Thank God that I went, you know, to the children's hospital when I did. That's great stuff. I'm all for it. But mark my words, I do go to Jesus first. I do. I will pray, I will get to the Bible, and then if I need to go to the doctor, I will go to the doctor, and I encourage anybody that needs to, to go to the doctor. That's fine, but I don't think it's the right thing to do to not even include God at all. If nothing, I mean, I think it should be your first resort, but if nothing else, pray on your way there. Pray when you're there, if nothing else. But he should be our first go-to, not it's getting bad. I think we should pray now. What? <laughs> we should have prayed right from the beginning. We should have been praying right at the get-go of this whole thing. But God is not plan B, plan C, or plan D. God is, is plan A, Okay. And, yes, I am on the record as saying I believe in doctors and I believe in medicine. But you better bet that I believe in Jesus Christ and the stripes that were laid upon his back. And I do believe that he is the Lord who heals me. And so you need to keep your focus on him. And I know that that's harder now than it's ever been, you know, with all the news going on all the time and all this stuff. And and listen, and I'm going to say this, and I don't want to, you know, I, I'm just... I'm telling you, if I were to get sick or if I were to get COVID, here's how I would handle it. I would not post pictures of me sick on the internet. I'm not making fun or putting on anybody that does that type of thing, but I wouldn't do that. I would, I would, uh, I would probably say, hey guys, tested positive. I'll be off for the week. You'll see me next week because I will be back, brother. You better believe that right now. But listen, but, but I would not go getting everybody's opinion. I'm sorry, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't go telling everybody, giving everybody the play by play and the, man, it is bad and it is getting worse. And I'm telling you right now, why? Well, the scripture tells us in Mark 11, you can have what you say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And if you're playing on your phone, they might be in the power of your thumb. You need to realize that you have what you say. And if you keep talking the sickness, you're gonna get more sickness. But if you'll start talking healing, you're gonna start getting more healing. And I believe this with all of my heart. It brought my dad through cancer three years ago. It brought my dad through a heart attack. It brought me through leukemia. And it has brought many, many people that I know and love off of death's bed time and time again. So I don't need everybody's opinion. I, I you know I wouldn't hide things from people, but at the same time, I would not be Trying to gather as much, uh, I don't know how to say it, but I would not be trying to get as many people to know what's going on. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to take it to God, and it's going to be between me and him, and I, I'm going to get healed. Well, don't you assume anything. I will assume all day Long, And it's not assumption. It's the truth from the word of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was within me. Bless his holy name. May we not forget his benefits. He heals us of all our disease. Psalm 103, verse 3. He heals us of all our disease. And that was the old covenant, and now I live in the new covenant. Man, you sound like a nut. Hey, don't wake me up right now because I'm having the time of my life. And I believe, I believe that Jesus is the healer. We are told, you know, we use this phrase in Christian circles. And I think sometimes we use phrases and half the people, they just repeat them because they don't know what they're saying. But we say, magnify the Lord. Well, What does it mean when you magnify something? It means you make it bigger. How do you magnify something? You focus in on it. And when we Focus in on God instead of focusing in on the problem. God becomes bigger. Does God actually grow? Well, no, God's not going to get any bigger than he is. But he becomes bigger in my eyes and bigger in my vision and in my sight. And he becomes like this. And the problem starts to become like this until it's gone. But if you focus on the problem more than you focus on the answer, it is Sometimes not going to come. You have to have your focus and your heart in the right place. I'm just trying to help people right now. I'm being very, very serious when I say this. And so one thing I love about Jesus is that he gives us the example of how to fight. Matthew 4, he gave us three times where he spoke the word when Satan came. I'm going to give you one more example of Jesus in a bad situation John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Are you still with me tonight? John chapter 11. And here we have the story of, not only was this a story of sickness, this is a story of death. This is the story of Lazarus. The man had been dead for four days. Four days ago, he died. And so this is one of Jesus' best friends. And, and everyone's like, hey Jesus, where were you at? Why? Why? Oh, and so Jesus, is he, he shows up and, you know, he calms everyone down. But uh, for the sake of time, we're just going to cut here to John chapter 11, verse 40. And so Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they're like, you should have been here. Why? Where were you? And it's just like people do nowadays. Where were you? Why? And he's like, I'm where I've always been, man. I'm on the throne. I'm right here. But look at this. John chapter 11. Verse 40, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you, you would see God's glory if you believe. So they rolled the stone aside. There's a mummy in there, guys. Listen, you have seen cartoons and shows of guys like a mummy. Hey, we're in the Middle East 2000 years ago. We've got a man probably wrapped up like a mummy in this cave. They roll the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, father, father. Thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so they would believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes. He comes walking out of the grave, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him or loose him and let him go. Can you imagine just being a bystander that day? Can you imagine someone's been dead for four days and Jesus says, come forth. And the dead man comes walking out of the grave like this. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what happened? And he's like, hey, you scaredy cat, take those clothes, take the wrapping off of him, loose him and let him go. What a miracle. So not only can Jesus heal. Come on. He can raise from the dead and heal you of what killed you in the first place. But there's a key in this story right here. Look at this. It's in verse 41. Verse 41. Look at this. So they rolled the stone aside. Look, look. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Then he goes on. And as I study the Gospels, I find several other instances. One of them is in Mark chapter 4, or excuse me, Mark chapter 6, when he feeds the 5,000. Several instances I notice, especially when there was a crowd of people, it says Jesus looked up to heaven and then prayed. And, and, And he's physically looking. And I believe that, for one, if you're just looking at all the doubters and the naysayers, It's going to bring your faith down. You need Your eyes have got to be on heaven and on God. So Jesus physically looked up there. Am I saying that we need to go around like this all the time? No. But spiritually speaking, this is very symbolic for you. Very symbolic. In the heat of the battle, in the moment, your focus better be up above and not down here. If Jesus himself, in the worst moments, shut everything out simply look to heaven. Father, I need you right now. I need you to show up. I, uh, you're always there. You always hear me. Let's do this now. And boom, the dead are raised. Boom, we feed thousands of people all at once. If Jesus knew how to change his focus, you better be focusing on the right thing. And the news isn't the right thing. The internet isn't the right thing. Everybody talking about how sick they are is not where your focus needs to be. That breeds fear into your heart. And so if you, I'm going to say this, all right, if you stare at the problem long enough, you'll start to believe in it more than God. If you'll stare at the problem long enough, you'll start to believe in the problem more than God. And no, no one's going to admit this, but there's people right now that have more confidence in COVID's ability to destroy than Jesus' ability to heal. How dare you say that? No, hold on, no, no, don't, don't say that to me. Matthew 12, says, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If all you talk about is how bad it is and how scary it is, that's what's on your heart and that's what you actually believe. Jesus said it. What's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And he said, hey, you can judge a tree by its fruit. It, 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 you can judge a tree by its fruit. And so if all you talk about is fear and disaster and death and sickness and negativity and calamity and this is happening, I hey, I don't have to even identify you. You've identified yourself. And here's the thing. We're not being mean and judging. We're saying, hey, let's get a hold of that and let's simply change our focus. And when your focus is on this, you know, what starts coming out scriptures, scriptures, man, you hear this. Yeah, well Exodus 15:26 says that he is the Lord that heals me. Yeah, but they said this over here. Okay, well, 1 Peter 2.24 says that by Jesus' stripes I've been healed. Yeah, but they said this. Well, Matthew 8.17 says that Jesus came to take my sickness and remove my disease. Psalm 91 says, though a thousand may fall on my left hand and ten thousand on my right hand, it shall not come nigh me. Somebody should say amen tonight because that's the word of God. And so I'm telling you right now, sickness has tried to come and knock at my door. Listen, it's tried. Listen, there, I've, I've had moments of sickness. I'm not going to say that I haven't. But through the word of God, I've got faith for healing and healing comes every single time. And so out of all that tonight, there's, this is a deep well. This is a deep topic, and I, I already went 10 minutes over my allotted time. They may fire me, the no, I'm joking. But what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this, is right now you need to build your faith for healing. Yeah, but I'm not even sick. I don't think I need to focus on that. When's the best time to lay a foundation? After the storm came and there's three feet of standing water? It's really hard to lay concrete when there's a flood. You need to start laying the foundation right now before sickness ever even knocks. And then when it does knock, because it'll knock, when it does come knocking at your door, you are well prepared. I know there's some verses somewhere. No, the verses will be right here, and they will start coming out of your mouth. God wants you healed. You better know it. You better believe it. And you need to start getting the word in your heart. Can somebody say amen? All right, I'm going to shut up right there. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this podcast.